podcast today we have the opportunities to speak with brett morrison and his work with true vote along with a few other things that he's working on his time is valuable to us and we appreciate it thank you brett for joining us thanks andrew for having me appreciate you so get right into it who are you <laughs> and what do you do <laughs> brett, brett morrison i am a uh tech entrepreneur, computer scientist, and uh, freedom-loving sovereign citizen that loves to uh, build things. Okay. The tech entrepreneur part, what does yeah. that mean? Uh, what, what do you mean by that? Well, yeah, I, I got a formal education in computer science uh, from University of Arizona, which at the time I went, it was a top 10 computer science school, so I have to drop that uh, when I mention it. Um, uh, tech entrepreneur, so when I was, uh, I started my first company, which was a dot-com company at age uh, 29, and ever since I've uh, started other companies as well, and um, um, so I realized, you know, I, I, I saw, I worked at a startup in um, the early part of my career, and I saw how uh, the founders uh, operated themselves and it was a successful startup. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do that myself and start my own company. So my first one was for photo sharing. Um, believe it or not, people like to share photos online. Who would have known back in 1998 when I started that company? Um, I was, you know, before, before Facebook, before Instagram, before Flickr, um, you know, I was an early pioneer for uh, sharing digital photos online. And the, the name of the company was eMemories. And I named it that on purpose because I knew that it was going to be beyond just photos. At some point, it would be video. And, uh, you know, now it's so obvious people take it for granted. But back then, uh, the only way to share photos really was to attach it to an email. And I knew that that wasn't really the optimal way. So I built the, one of the first uh, photo sharing sites where you can upload photos and, and create an album and comment on it, share it. So. I was early there, a little bit too early because digital cameras hadn't taken off yet. Um, so the timing was uh, the timing. Timing is everything. So I was a little bit early in that venture. Uh, I later went on to do another huge entrepreneur effort called One Stop Internet, which was an e-commerce company for apparel brands. Uh, some big brands such as Von Dutch, True Religion, Lululemon, John Vervados, Juicy Couture, a lot of big e-commerce brands. We did the untanned uh e-commerce for them. So uh, customer service, fulfillment, photography, um, returns, inventory, everything. And of course, the software platform, which I wrote, uh, this is pre-Shopify and pre 
Squarespace. And so you weren't able to just spin up an e-commerce site back then. You had to do everything custom. So I wrote a platform for our customers to do that with. And that company was super successful. We had 250 employees at our peak. And um, I was there 11 years before I decided to joined SpaceX and I was a director of engineering there at SpaceX. That was an interesting uh, experience, not entrepreneurial, uh, but I really uh, saw the mission of Elon wanting to make us a multi-planetary species and get to Mars. And I wanted to be part of that. So uh, I put down my entrepreneurial role for that one and joined a company as an employee. Um, but then I left and I decided to to start TrueVote, which is why uh, I'm here today. And uh, I've been building out TrueVote the last couple of years. And um, last week published a working demo of, of the TrueVote platform. So um, yeah, that's that's the beginning of, uh, of our conversation, I guess. Yeah, that, that that is how I came across you. Somebody else mentioned TrueVote and that's probably what we'll spend most of the time time on today. Just one more question about uh, about yourself. Um, you mentioned a couple of different startups and uh, you're working on now and then the transition into uh, SpaceX at one point. Do you which do you prefer? Do you prefer the small startup, the entrepreneurial stuff, or did you enjoy the time in a bigger corporation like SpaceX? Well, I don't, um, for me, I definitely enjoyed more being an entrepreneur and, uh, SpaceX is not, you know, a small company. They're a big corporation with lots of politics and lots of meetings and lots of bureaucracy and political infighting. I didn't really, uh, enjoy that at all. So for me, it wasn't really right for my personality type or character. Um, so for me, it's not definitely, I like being a founder and building things myself. So. Um, but but a lot of people there loved being part of something and a you know a guaranteed paycheck and um, and that's fine too. So it just it just depends on what it is. Um, um, but yeah, uh, for me, the, I, I'm an entrepreneur and that's my wheelhouse. So I you know that, that's that that's the way I operate the best. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, uh, there's the, I'm always uh, fascinated by by the entrepreneurial type uh of thing i've not been able to pull that off myself uh there's a lot of uh kind of a personality type i like just kind of showing up giving my check and then i'm gonna spend my time outside of work doing my own thing figuring out how to do it from there so yeah blessings to you yeah, and there, the, the entrepreneurs there's absolute we need that we need there's value there too um yeah, it just depends on what your what what your interests are. And so I'm fortunate now where I'm able to be an entrepreneur and not have to um, sweat uh, the next paycheck. Um, but, you know, we all it's I did start my career as an employee for the first uh, six years of my career. I was a software engineer at a, you know, at a software company. So that's, uh, you know, that's how I started. And like I said, I just saw the opportunity for me to do something on my own. So I grabbed it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, turning it to uh, TrueVote, which you've uh, mentioned already, can you kind of introduce that? What is it? What's it about? Yeah, so our voting systems are broken and uh, they need to be fixed. And I think it's kind of uh, just really in the last few years, in the last few elections, certainly in the United States, uh, we've seen uh, the damage that a election that is questioned uh, can do to a uh, uh, a country. So um, I looked at this problem from an engineering perspective where uh, the original seed for starting TrueVote was I was waiting online to vote 
and it was burning up my entire morning. And after a few hours of waiting online and seeing everyone on their phones while they're waiting, including myself, I, I thought to myself, why aren't we voting on our phones? We do everything else on our phones. We do banking, we do uh, food ordering, we do you know, finding love on our phones, but we don't vote on our phones. So I, that, that occurred to me in 2013. I then switched to mail-in ballots. Um, and the problem with mail-in ballots was, is that you fill it in and you mail it off or drop it in a ballot box. And then you really have no idea what happened to your ballot. So that to me is a huge problem. Why don't we know what happened to our vote? We, we hope that it was counted. We think it was counted, but we really truly don't know. So um, true vote solves both those problems. Uh, convenience where you can just vote on your phone and then traceability and transparency where you know that your ballot was counted. And so that's what true vote has built. And that's what we need for our elections and, and also open source. There are electronic voting systems. Now there are kiosks, they're all black mystery boxes. Nobody knows how they work. Um, and you're supposed to just accept that and be okay with it. Why, why can't we have open source elections? So, um, I asked myself those questions and I decided to do it myself. And then as a Bitcoiner, I thought, okay, well, how can I make sure that the ballot data isn't tampered with? What is the best mechanism for doing that? And so I thought about it and I discovered open timestamps, which was written by a Bitcoin core developer named Peter Todd. And he came out with a very novel way of publishing a checksum hash on data alongside the Bitcoin blockchain anchored to it that can prove data is a certain state at the time you submit it. So what that means for ballots is as your ballots, as, as TrueVote, as people are submitting their ballots, TrueVote collects them and hashes them. And then we take those hashes and we post them on open timestamps at that time. And we can prove that the data at that time was indeed what the ballot looks like to you. And so if that ballot is tampered with, uh, the, the checksums won't match later. So you can always know your ballot was never edited and you can see it on a ballot explorer, just like a Bitcoin blockchain explorer, you can see your ballot online and it's decoupled from your identity. So no one knows which ballot belongs to which voter. It's all decoupled and only the voter can see that, okay, this ballot is my ballot. So the user ID and ballot ID are connected. So we need to be voting on our phones. It's just absurd that we have these analog systems still today in a modern world and um, it just needed to get built. So uh, that's, 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 my, that's my origin story and that's going to be my final story because I'm, I'm devoting the rest of my life to building this out and making sure it's successful. Well, that's interesting. So um, just out of curiosity, now that you mentioned that, um, why, why is this such, uh, why has this become such a passion project or so, uh, such a meaningful thing that you you kind of set your trajectory forward to stay on it. Well, I think in life we can use our time to make the world a better place and set a good example. And I feel like voting is something that really does cause a lot of um, discontent and frustration and anger and all sorts of emotions within people. And the reason is, is because they don't know if their vote was counted. So their demo they had questioned the entire democracy, the entire democracy and the and institutions that uh, have been around that they were born into. And I don't think that is really a healthy way to live. I think a healthy way to live is that we have a free and open democracy where we understand our vote is counted and there's no one uh, 
purposely trying to ruin it for uh, for for people. And so we need transparency in elections. So it's passionate. So why me? I mean, I just uh, I'm passionate about building systems and I love doing it. And um, yeah, I'm happy to do it. Like it just it, it makes me inspired to build something that people are going to use. And that's that's why I love writing software. It's really rewarding when you can build something, publish it, and then people can start using it right away. So um, I've been programming since I was a kid and I can, and I love doing it. So, um, it needs to get done. And just like Bitcoin, it's, um, it's just something that everyone can use. So that, that, that appeals to me too. So I like writing software that, uh, all sorts of different people can use. And, um, I want to make boring, I want to make, uh, elections and voting boring. I want to make it so it's so easy. You just completely trust it. You get a notification on election day. Good morning, Brett. Time new time to vote. Don't forget to vote. Tap here. You tap it. Submit your ballot selections. You hit submit, and you're done. And you know that your vote counted. That's the way it should be. So, do you with um just on the on a I guess a, a mechanical question here? Do you get any pushback from people who are let's say in person or ballot uh, or a paper ballot voting would be optimal uh, that it should remain analog? Sure. I mean, there are, yeah, that's what people think is the default. The only way that elections can work is if it's paper, but I just don't think that scales. And I also don't, I, it doesn't scale because uh, imagine the physical mass that all those ballots occupy and uh, going through them and auditing them. Um, and also knowing that they were counted properly. Um, it's just so, so tedious and wrought with uh, problems and inaccuracy that digital voting doesn't have any of those issues whatsoever. So um, I think uh, there's just, you know, it's a transitionary time, just like with Bitcoin, people aren't used to Bitcoin. They're so used to fiat currencies and paper money. It takes time and generations sometimes to uh, be able to adopt a new technology and accept it as something um, that should be useful. So um, there is going to be pushback from old analog systems for a while. And there's a, there's a transitionary time where there there will be true vote running alongside analog elections, right? So not everyone's going to use true vote right out of the gate. Some people won't want to. They'll want to vote the old way, and then eventually we'll have them side by side, and then eventually all true vote. Um, one more question on kind of um, uh, kind of pushback the Bitcoin community. I think you know a lot of people are haven't really gone down different streams, but you have segments of the uh of bitcoin folks uh that are less in favor of uh kind of democratic systems do you get any pushback from uh <laughs> the always cantankerous uh bitcoin community about this about voting at all yeah no that's a great question um sure there are people that are disenfranchised with democracy completely and they don't see the point in voting or don't want to vote because it's uh voting is endorsing the current system i get that uh that pro that's not a problem I'm trying to solve. I'm just trying to solve while we have elections, they should at least be accurate, right? Um, as far as democracy itself and how it works, that's a larger, more philosophical problem that I'm we're not trying to solve. We just are trying to bring election integrity and transparency to the voting process. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The um, and regardless to any political system that you're involved in, so people are going to have opinions, and there's going to be there's going to be some kind of counting heads at some point 
I mean, whoever the decision makers are. So you'll need to have a secure version of that process regardless. Um, we've mentioned Bitcoin a few times. Why, amongst the plethora of different uh, options available, I'm sure um, there are various cryptographic, cryptographic methods you could use. Um, there's other platforms, uh, the Ethereum's or some other uh, altcoin that you could have used, which has perhaps more functionality or programmability or some of the other complaints people often bring about Bitcoin's uh, limited uh, nature. Why, why choose Bitcoin? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, Bitcoin is really the only truly decentralized cryptocurrency in the world. The others are all, um, <laughs> many of them are scams. Uh, some of them are tech projects and some of them are bloated, um, uh, un unreliable systems. And there is no point in creating a new token or a new blockchain for, for voting when we have Bitcoin. So with Bitcoin, with open timestamps makes perfect sense. It, I'm not posting a transaction on the Bitcoin network. I'm just anchoring it to the most decentralized blockchain in the world. And um, as far as uh, sophistication of the network, uh, it Bitcoin is a base layer network and it's meant to be do one thing really well and that's money. Just like TCP IP is the base communications protocol of the net, of the internet, we build on top of it. So TrueVote is a layer on top of Bitcoin. Um, I wouldn't want to use any other blockchain because they're not decentralized. They can be co-opted and corrupted. So uh, Bitcoin cannot be. So that was the, that was an easy one for me. And the blockchain as opposed to another cryptographic method would it does that provide some kind of uh, benefit above and beyond what others might use or have chosen that? Are well, I don't, I don't, I don't use the terminology blockchain voting like a lot of uh, electronic voting systems in the last, you know, fifteen years since Bitcoin do. Uh, I'm using the Bitcoin blockchain just to prove that the data hasn't been altered. So it's mm -hmm. block, blockchain is a very expensive, slow. Um, primitive database, and it should not be used for things that people have come up with it, like your housing title or um, NFTs like that. That doesn't, th those use cases don't interest me at all. Um, the use case for Bitcoin is money interests me, and that's its primary use case. Uh, having open timestamps run alongside Bitcoin gives another use case for uh, make making sure data is immutable and that's the use case i'm using it for so i'm not over architecting uh this system it's a basic uh client server system and then i'm proving that the data has not been tampered with and when you were starting to implement true vote did you have uh people trying to get you to go down a different route saying no we need to be able to do more with this we need to be able to have a more expansive thing i realize you're an entrepreneur so it's it's, it's your baby but were there people in your ear telling you we have to take it a different direction? No, I imagine that could happen at some point in the future. So far, so good. Um, you know, the goals are pretty straightforward. The goals are, you know, build the system, make it available to everyone. And one of my goals is, uh, that is important to me is to make it multilingual out of the gate and international out of the gate. So this isn't just about us elections. This could be used in any emerging democracy around the world. So, um, um, and I see it happening probably 
uh, outside the U.S. before it gets really uh, a lot of traction in the U.S. Because there are other democracies that really have more antiquated systems in the U.S. that would love a reliable voting system. So um, as soon as uh, as soon as I ship V1, I imagine uh, they're going to start using it. And just as you mentioned that, wow, you talk about antiquated systems. Uh, the U.S. doesn't have the most, you already alluded to the fact, the U.S. doesn't have the most robust and most trusted system at this point. Um, on the scale, just out of, I don't know if you would know this off the top, or if you thought about this, but on the scale of good to bad, like on the on the bad end, from your perspective of, of, a, of a democratic voting system to the to the good end, where just your average country or uh, which which country kind of represents something on the on the on the bad end and which represents a country in the good end i can't say i've done a full like study of to answer that question um super accurately um i just know that a lot of the smaller countries have very antiquated systems where they you know hand count everything they have no automation whatsoever and they use pen and paper and um it's just those types of systems are inevitably uh, um, prone to mistakes. So, um, um, and you know, voting's been around a long, long time. This is not a new idea. Um, it's just it hasn't been digitized properly. And when uh, this was a question which I, I wanted wanted to ask, but I had forgotten until just now when you mentioned it. You said prone to mistake. Do you think the biggest, uh, some of the biggest concerns that you can, that you're trying to address are mistake questions or um, fraud questions? Um, well, like I said, I think there's two, there's two problems true vote solves and that is one is convenience. So, you know, people don't vote because it is inconvenient. They don't want to take the time off. They don't want to figure out how to do a mail-in ballot. They do want to use their phones. So that's one thing is just getting people to vote. And when you can make it available on mobile, you're going to get a lot more voters. So um, that's the idea too, is that we want everyone who is an eligible voter to vote. And as far as uh, mistakes, I mean, with this, it's a digital counting system, so it will be 100% accurate. Um, yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's such a leap forward. It's not, this isn't an incremental um, slight improvement to the voting systems. It's a completely new way of doing it. And it's, and it's better in every single way. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you can support the show and help us grow by listening on Fountain, a podcast app on iOS or Android. You can share your thoughts on this episode or simply say thanks by sending some sets with a comment called a boost. Getting started is easy. You can top up your Fountain wallet with a bank card or any Lightning wallet. You can earn sats by listening on Fountain and being an active member of the community. Visit Fountain.fm to learn more. Now, getting into um, the white paper a little bit, I was uh, on the site reading a, a little about a little bit about TrueVote. Um, your white paper begins with the statement: "True democracy starts uh, with voting." Um, can you expand on that a little bit? Well, the, the, the core principles of a democracy are that you vote on um, something, whether it's a, uh, a decision or a person running for an office that, you, that the society has created, right? And so voting is the backbone of that. And that's why I led the white paper off to say, just to set it up where um, without proper voting, how do you even have a democracy? 
right? Because if the voting isn't accurate, then then that's not a democracy. So um, that's a that that that's a system that's corrupt. So we do have. I mean, there are countries in the world that call themselves a democracy, but they rig the election every time. And so they um, are not a true democracy. That's why I said it. And the nature of democracy um, is such that it relies on the ability to express your opinion and put your, your name in the hat for various decisions, whatever that may be, whether it's checking the leader or something else. So that is, those are the two fundamental, or that that's one of the fundamental issues being addressed. And the white paper also t- talks about, as you said, voting by mobile device and verifying ballot accuracy. Now we've touched on those a little bit al- already. Um, voting um, on the phone, there will be people that just inherently have concerns about doing that. They just assume that they can be hacked or they can be, uh, things can be screwed up in some way. Um, how do you alleviate those concerns for people when you try to uh, get the true vote or when you put true vote in front of them that, no, this is this is actually a more secure way on your phone is actually better than paper ballots? Yeah, Um well, you you are only allowed to submit a ballot if you have an election access code, which is issued by the authority that is running the election, not by true vote. So um, there's no way of gaming that system because if you game that system, you're gaming the voter registration system. And if you do that in most countries or jurisdictions, that's a crime. You're not allowed. You can't fake your identity uh, and register to vote. If you do that, you're committing a crime. So um and there's consequences to that so the way it works in the u.s or you know in california at least you um have to show your id to register to vote and you get a voter registration um card and with that you that and your id you can get a ballot so it's the same thing with phone um except that you get an election access code you enter that in on the app and that gives you the right to submit a ballot so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's similar to a pay, be, being issued a paper ballot, right? You don't, you don't get a paper ballot mailed to you unless you have registered and are an uh, uh, eligible voter. It's the same thing with election access code. So it's not really different in that way. It's just instead of filling out paper, you're filling it out on your phone. And with the um, ballot accuracy, inclusion, and I counting, um, True vote will ha- uh, has some way to let the person know that their 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 ballot has been has been seen has been accessed has been added to the added to the mix. Yep. When you submit your ballot, you you get a notification that your ballot was submitted, and you have a link that's on the public internet that you can see your ballot online. Um, and then only you know that it's your ballot. It's decoupled from your identity. And uh, would that you know? Uh, how would what would that look like? How would how would a per- if they couldn't see their name? Would it just be a, um, an ID number or something like that? Yeah, on the video, uh, it's it's there. Um, 
uh, near the end when the when and if you watch the video in the end, uh, I show the ballot explorer. So if you pause it there, you'll see it. It's just um, it looks like a Bitcoin uh, transaction, but instead of um, amounts and uh, wallet kind of addresses and uh, change addresses, it shows your ballot selections hmm. in a read only way. Now, one thing I skipped over uh, that was, which was my fault, uh, which uh, as you've been mentioning it, what is the mechanism like? So um, the the process by which somebody uh, gets and and, and um, registers, signs up. What kind of what's the the overview of the process that somebody would have to go through to use True Vote uh, in an election? Well, the election authority would generate the election, so they go on TrueVote.org. They create an election. They um, enter in the uh, candidates for each race, the ballot measures, um, the choices, whether it's a ranked choice uh, election or a traditional choose one or choose many. Um, they set a start and end time for the election window where you can vote. They generate the election access codes and then they issue the election access codes either via email or through physical you know, postcard. Um, and then, so the voters will get those and then they, they go to the site, they log in via Noster. So if they don't have a Noster key, like 99% of people don't have a Noster key, they can generate one in, inside TrueVote. Um, they keep their private key to themselves. That gives them an account on TrueVote. And then with the, that, with the election access code, they enter it in and then they get it presented with a ballot and they fill it out and hit submit. Um, uh, as you're, we're bringing up Nostra now, um, as, and we're talking about ballots and, and, and privacy and whatnot. One of the bigger uh, hurdles for Nostra is that privacy uh, hurdle. Does that in any way impact what goes on with TrueVote? The privacy hurdle of Nostra? Well, I'm, in Nostra, like, things are, everybody can see what everybody else is doing on Nostra. Maybe they can't see the message that you send exactly, but... Uh, that you've been talking to this person, that you've been talking to that person, where you've been. There's a lot of metadata that goes out, from what I understand, oh. uh, through Noster. Yeah, um, signing in is does not generate an event. So um, you're the first person to ask that question. It's a good question. No, signing in doesn't generate an, an event that the public would see. So, um, but yeah, no, it's just like uh, what again? Who? who it depends on the jurisdiction. Like, for example, Los Angeles County, uh, they do publish public records of uh, people's party affiliation and if which elections they voted in. That's all public record. That's a law. That's why they do it. Um, so different places have different rules about that type of data. Um, and I'll, and TrueVote needs to comply to all those. So uh, the Noster... Uh, uh, not Nostra as a system uh, doesn't in any way uh, impact, or I mean, it, there's nothing that 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 in the Nostra system that wouldn't be able to fit with current U.S. law, for example, um, with voting in terms of what what needs to be published, what needs to be seen. It could so it, you couldn't use Nostra to, in fact, make it more private than U.S. law allows. Right. Or any law, anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. 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 So is that um, a concern that that you think 
will be addressed by online voting going forward, like taking some, making these either more private or more open. Um, as you said, there's certain laws on the books, but sometimes the medium and the, the, the method by which you interact with this system changes how the system works. Do you think true voting would, would change some of that so it becomes either more private or more open? Yeah, I can see as people get used to using TrueVote, um, some laws possibly changing at some point. Um, but as far as, I think, uh, again, a cornerstone of democracy is that your ballot choices are um, private to you. And I don't see that ever changing. So that will always be decoupled from your user identity. And would you have any... Um on a personal level, do you have any uh, opinions on things, uh, on ways that you'd like to see the, uh, the system impact how the true vote system, how, how the true vote system itself impacts the way elections are conducted or the, the, the way the, the system operates? Well, yeah, I mean, with true vote, the budget for elections is going to be a lot smaller. You just don't need a, so much supporting staff running the election as you do today. Today, every election is like its own spin up project that has to get started every you know election cycle. Um, with true vote, it's so much less expensive to run an election. Um, there's none of that physical cost that you have today with traditional elections. So I think cost savings is a huge motivator for um for government to not spend as much yeah the uh it'll be yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you didn't have all of that although it does seem like uh a lot of the 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 on the ground people that they have a lot of that is patronage politics right like you scratch my back i'll scratch yours kind of thing so getting people out on uh in the building counting ballots doing all having them participate in this kind of way is uh is kind of a, a left handshake and the right hand kind of thing so yeah yeah but so what is the let's see if we're going down the list here what are the what is what do you think is some of the biggest opportunities you see for for true vote we've we've touched on some of those with um ease of access and the uh the, those those two those keep uh two key key points of ease of access and verifiability are there any opportunities that you see for for true vote going beyond just those kind of two those two fundamentals well like i said i think making boring voting making voting boring uh is a huge opportunity and that's what that's my intention and also for polling too i think there's an opportunity here where you can kind of uh take a constituent's temperature on a certain uh idea through polling and through polling you could maybe get a sense of what people want. Um, so there's opportunities to have more elections and more polling. Whereas today it's, uh, you know, if you wanted to do a poll, it's, uh, it's quite complicated and you have to send out postcards or um, ask people to uh, uh, go somewhere and fill out a ballot. That when you when you make it much more convenient, you can generate a poll much easier. And so um, I think we'll see more elections and more polls once it becomes easier. So that will change uh, a lot because right now, you know, we elect our representatives because we don't want to be involved in every single decision, but, the, but they're, you know, finding that sweet spot where uh, you should, maybe something should be more open to the general public and not um, just decided by the elected person. Um, so I think we'll see 
more voting once it becomes more convenient. And that's a huge opportunity. And um, we'll see how that looks once it takes once it uh, takes hold. And on the flip side, um, challenges, risks with the true voting system. Have you have it? Has anybody presented any uh, real concerns uh, that you've had to think through when it comes to this kind of system? Well, it's a juicy target for hackers, and that's something that you know I do address in the white paper. That's going to be challenging to um, uh, be able to recognize all the attack threats and close them and fight off bad actors and try and understand what their motivations are and um, defend against them. So there's going to be, uh, unfortunately, people who don't want fair and free elections. Um, they will have to live with themselves uh, for trying to interfere. Um, but, you know, that's just the world we live in today. And so uh, those challenges are going to take up time that could be spent building out the product and making it even better. Um, having to defend it um, will take away from the progress and hopefully not so much where it, um, um, you know, becomes unbalanced. Yeah, the, um, yeah, there's nothing is, you know, 100% and there's always going to be some attack vector on it. So you just got to roll with the punches, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that is not unique <laughs> to true vote. Um, another thing uh, that I was getting from the white paper was the four milestones that you guys are looking to to uh, hit over the next given period of time. It, it didn't say when. Could you give us what those four milestones are for true vote and when you hope to accomplish them? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with smaller elections and we will, um, you know, work our way up. So that's the plan right now. We have a strategic partner that's in the election space. Um, they're on our website. And um, so, we, you know, we'll start with union, unions and associations and private elections and then um, move on to uh, larger elections like city, county, state, and then eventually national. And then, um, you know, that... The idea is that we'll be in many countries and uh, emerging democracies and just keep growing the product and growing the number of elections we do per, per week. There's elections happening all over the world every week. Um, so they all can use automation. So that's the goal is just start start with our first one and then just build, work our way up. Um, yeah. The... Yeah, when you're talking about elections every week, I live in Japan, and, and their particular system seems like it seems like every week there's a <laughs> there's an election going on here. So it would be great to have the system in place where you don't have to to run out and 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 take care of that in person all the time. The all uh, the the thing you mentioned about uh, various countries and, and various places, are you getting more of a response in uh, small states in the U.S. Uh, bigger localities outside of the U.S.? Where, where are you seeing TrueVote get the most traction? Well, I think the news of TrueVote launching is mostly uh, probably almost all in the U.S. Um, I have gotten inquiries, though, outside the U.S. Um, so, um, you know, I, it is multilingual right out of the gate. And so I think, um, I think they're starting to come in where uh, different countries are starting to take an interest. So, um, yeah yeah they're all over the place anywhere anywhere you can vote and um you'll you'll want transparent 
immutable election. Do you see this? Uh, do you see one uh, just out of curiosity? Um, uh, a certain kind of place preferring this over another kind of place. Like you, you already mentioned that the U.S. might be uh, slower to adopt something like this. Do you see more? Uh, just anticipate, anticipating into the future uh, somewhere somewhere like a smaller country um, mm -hmm. adopt uh, a Taiwan or something or a Singapore adopting this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look at Bitcoin with El Salvador, right? I think that's a good example of um, sure. It would have been great if the U.S. Uh, made Bitcoin a national currency. Um, but, you know, El Salvador was the first to officially do it. And um, I think something similar will probably happen with TrueVote where, um a smaller country will go all in on true vote and then other countries that are larger and larger will start to follow the lead there. And does true vote have um, kind of a, a roadmap going forward? Like, do they have an outlook for the next six months, next year, 18 months kind of thing? Well, we'll launch um, early 2024 and, um, and then just keep growing the elections. Like I said, we'll have a, we'll have a higher cadence per, per week, depending on how many people are interested. Um, it's hard to predict that far ahead. Um, um, but once we get some momentum, uh, I'll be able to model that out a little bit more accurately. So, you know, ask me in, uh, ask me in nine months and I'll probably be able to give you a better answer. But, uh, um, for now, uh, I just want to get started with some small elections. Sure. And just that this might be a stupid question, but does it, does it have a, does true vote have like a, a sales team? Like how does this get out into, uh, the, the people who need uh, the people at the top fans. Well, we have our, like I said, we have our uh, elections partner, Global Election Services. So they uh, they are the sales team. They're out there finding elections to service. So, yeah, they're out there. And how did you get hooked up with uh, GES? They were uh, a mutual through a mutual friend, and we just kind of met, and they. Uh, they were very interested in what we were building, and we decided to um, partner up with them as a strategic partner and advisor. And um, um, yeah, it's been great. They've they've had they've uh, performed so many elections over thirty some years, and uh, they really uh, are very familiar with how elections are run and the uh, pitfalls and all the navigation of uh, servicing elections and publishing the results. So, um, and they do have some digital voting too, but it's just not, it's not secured by Bitcoin. So um, like most of these systems, they're not, and it's not open source. So they're just not auditable enough. And uh, um, I think the market um, needs transparent elections. So um, that's why, uh, you know, TrueVote had to be open source. There's no other way to do it except that way. And is GES is that um, what is that? Is that uh, this is a side question? The are they a, is that an NGO or a, an NPO or something like that, or is that a, a company? No, it's a corporation. They're uh, they're on the uh, OTC uh, public stock. Um, um, yeah, they're. I don't know if I think they're an S corp or you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Th that was. Uh, I I was reading the, the website and was curious as to what this thing is because I had not heard of it. Um, uh, general election services, I mean, uh, previously, are there multiple of these kind of things that you could connect with? Like, are there multiple of these kind of companies in the future? That yeah, you... for sure. There's, there's lots of competition in the, um, smaller election space. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 the government elections are run by, by the government. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to be, uh, navigating those relationships in the future.
And uh, thankfully, I mean, having gone on uh, having gone on Bitcoin and, and, and that kind of service, it, it's open source and there's no proprietary thing that stands between you and, a, and another one that might come into uh, dispute between GES and one of the other companies in the future. Yeah. So, well, as we're winding down here, just kind of curious, what are you excited for? Uh, you, you said you have the, the launch coming up in 2024. Beyond that, is there anything that you're really looking forward to as it stands with TrueVote in the upcoming 18, 24 month time range? Well, looking a little bit further ahead, I'm looking forward to November 2028, where TrueVote is running for the United States national election to elect the next president. And TrueVote is the platform that's used for that. So that's my goal is 2028 US national election. Um, we've got a lot to do between now and then, uh, but it's very doable. So um, that's my uh, stretch goal. And I think it's very achievable. So that's the, my pri the eye and the prize that I have. Um, and then just making elsewhere, having people have faith in their democratic institutions. I really look forward to um, being able to provide that for emerging democracies and smaller, smaller uh, countries and having them really feel good about their elections and not worrying about it so much and easing the stress of people who question the results. Um, I think that needs to uh, go away with technology. So that's really what motivates me and uh, um, gets me going to do this. You have any uh, any concerns, any any challenges that you you're you're still trying to work through that you're you've got to figure out how to how to jump this hurdle that you've got coming up in the, in the future? Hmm. No, I mean, I just like I said, the uh, defending against bad actors is unfortunately going to take up probably a good chunk of time. You know, um, unfortunately, people were trying to attack True Vote, so um, yeah. I'm just going to have to take the bullets. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, True Vote emerges anti-fragile and gets stronger forward over time. Yeah, yeah. But well, winding down, where is the uh, if you if people are listening and are, are are interested in this kind of thing, where can they go to to learn more? What should they focus on when reading, and how can they reach out to you if interested? Yeah, uh, our website, truevote.org, has a lot of uh, information on it and has the white paper on it and links to all our um, accounts on social. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel that's also linked from truevote.org and Twitter. And then my personal Twitter, I tweet mostly about Bitcoin and TrueVote and hockey and um, I'm Morrison Brad on Twitter, but it's all linkable from the truevote.org website. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I I engage people on Twitter and on Nostra all the time, so I'm happy to um, help clarify anything anyone's interested in. And also GitHub, so it is open source, so all the code is on github.org slash, or github.com slash TrueVote. Um, all our code is out there, and people are open to submit pull requests and code reviews, just like any other open source project. So I look forward to having some... Uh, um, contributors from all over the world just uh, just roll their sleeves up and and add some code to the code base. And let me uh, let me say on on my you know uh, 
in terms of accessibility. We're very easy to get a hold of, actually surprisingly uh, easy to get a hold of considering. And um, for anybody interested in the white paper, that was one of the more accessible white papers to read. Uh, often white papers are, are jargony and, and poorly constructed, but the, the true vote one was very, very, very easy to read, very easy to understand and, and made a lot of sense. So <laughs> much yeah, appreciated you. to you and your clarity. Um, but heading out, any any kind of final word that you have for the listener? Any? Yeah, um, for those of you, you know, back, circling back to you know the earlier part of the conversation about you know being an entrepreneur, I I would recommend that um, especially younger uh, younger uh, ages of your audience to um, really consider computer science and programming as a discipline because it's been. Um, it's super fulfilling and rewarding and there's so much you can do with it and uh, uh especially today's modern society there's always going to be a need for engineers so um you know i always tell people who are unsure about what they want to do professionally to really check out computer science and see if it's for them and try it because you know when i was young i got exposed to it and i fell in love with it right away so um it's good to find something that you really enjoy and go do it so that's what i encourage people to do and uh and i mentor a few young engineers and help them with their careers and navigating their uh employment experience and approaches to code and design and ux and all that stuff so i like doing that as well for people um yeah just reach out if you have any questions I'd be happy to hear from everybody absolutely looking forward to it well we in tokyo appreciate your time brett morrison check out truevote come and see what's going on over there looking forward to seeing this implemented in the future and hopefully as I said 2028 get to vote in the u.s elections on my phone and hopefully after soon there after that vote sometime in japan on my phone as well yep absolutely. thank you sir i appreciate All your right. time thank you and we thank you for listening to us today you can find us on twitter and nostr at tokyo citadel you can find us on our main site, tokyocitadel.com. And please check out our guests that, that you heard today. Support us on the Fountain app with a thousand sat boost. Or head on over to the site and hit us up with some love over there. Building sovereignty, privacy, and hope into the Tokyo Citadel. See you next time.